everyone, Dave and Jeff, podcast on a Sunday. Actually, it's a really crazy busy week of uh, weekend of sports. This I got to tell you, let's we'll start right here because you and yep. I are on the same page on this. I woke up yesterday at four in the morning. I think okay? you got to come up, and I'm I sound too loud. God dang, you always sound too loud. I know. All right, is that any better? Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Uh, okay. okay, thanks. So, um, I wake up four in the morning, and I see at the bottom of the screen, uh, Raiders have uh, finalized a deal. For Khalil Mack to go to the Chicago Bears. Yep. And I'm like, there's no way that they got that asking price, which I thought was ridiculous anyway. And sure enough, they said not only did the Bears give them the the, the two first-round picks they wanted, but they said half the teams in the NFL were trying to make the same move. That the Raiders end up trading a guy that I think a Hated. lot of people will say, this guy's a future Hall of Famer yeah. for, for unknown, and he's going to be another line of Bears linebackers that yep. ends up in the Hall of Fame of someone the Raiders had. And the thing that... As I'm thinking, as you and I are obviously rooting for the Raiders to do something, you sit there and you go, wait a second, this is the biggest fuck you to the city of Oakland. Yeah. Of, we do not give a shit about the next two years of being here. We're just going to prepare ourselves for what happens to Las Vegas. Dave, I go bigger than that. I, I think it's a complete fuck you to everybody who's a Raider fan. Yeah. Because for me, the, the, the deal has been, we've talked about this in the past, when I got here, um... I really had a choice. My older brother and I kind of figured it out as far as were we going to be Raider fans or were we going to be Charger fans? And the Raider teams at that time, if you're just coming into it clean, Raiders were in L.A., Chargers were down here, and the Raiders had the jerseys, they had the tradition, and look, they beat the shit out of our Vikings when we were kids. And so, uh, but on that team... You know, they had Marcus Allen, but for me, I was I was all about that defense. And it was Howie Long and Alzado and my boy Van McElroy yeah. and Lester Hayes, Matt Millen, and, and the whole group. And so I became a Raider fan and have cheered for that team every day since. The last probably, I don't know, whatever it's been, 15 years has been incredibly difficult as of a Raider course. fan. And it doesn't no, – let me just make this clear for Charger fans. No, Nobody that wore the black and silver gave a fuck what you had to say. <laughs> nobody listened to your stupid shit. You were a nipping little chihuahua talking to the big dog. Yes. And the big dog was like, we can stomp you out anytime we want. But as you sat there in your quiet moment and reflected yeah. what had happened to our team, it was shit. And then all of a sudden, a couple of things started to happen, and you started to see a vision for what Reggie McKenzie was doing, and a couple of things started going. And I I felt like with Amari Cooper and Derek Carr and really Khalil Mack, I felt like this team is going in the right direction. And you started to get excited when you read deals that, um, you know, that Reggie would write deals front-ended so that if they turned out to be crap like Reggie Nelson or Sean Smith yeah. or some of these other guys that we'd been excited were coming in to shore up this secondary, that they could just go out the door and, and it wouldn't hurt the team for 15 years. Uh, Jack Del Rio coming in as head coach was, well, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know. I mean, the first year was okay. But it was pretty clear last year that Jack Del Rio had lost any hope of that team. I mean, when you saw Michael Crabtree just quit on the team at the end of the year, Bad sign. So he goes out and John Gruden comes in. And while there was initial excitement about it, I don't know what happened, Dave. I guess it was a couple of weeks before the draft. And something hit me where I was like, you know what? This is bad. Yeah. 
this is bad. This is a TV guy. It's not a football guy, TV guy. And he's got all the money and he's got all the power. And uh, he he's going to whip it out and put it on the table. And, and I think if you're a Raider fan, you're going to pay the price. And I had started watching Alabama last year. I watched it a lot, obviously, with, with Josh there. But I, I liked Minka a lot. Yeah. And when he fell to the Raiders and you go, wow, okay, here we go. And yeah. they pass on him. That's, a, that's not what would have happened. I don't think Reggie McKenzie passes on him if Jack Del Rio's the head coach. No, it's funny. If you go to my my Twitter, my pinned tweet, yeah. okay, and that's the only pin, tweet I've ever pinned in my life, it has on there Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be a future Hall of Famer. And, look, I understand he hasn't played a game, but yeah. I, I've watched this kid for the three years he was at Alabama, and Nick Saban is, is a crazy tough coach. Special player. He's a very good coach, and they do this thing when you get to Alabama. They do kind of a football IQ test, and they everybody has to do it. Well, when Minka did it, they said it was almost exact match to Nick Saban. No one's ever wow. been in that same move. So you go, well, Nick Saban obviously is a head coach, a guy that's worked for Bill Belichick, defensive coordinator, and has great success. So this kid's IQ was off the chart. So fantastic. Um, and I watched this kid does it all, special teams, defense, the whole deal. He falls to the Raiders, and I'm like, holy shit, this kid yeah, should have been go. top four. I mean, I'm watching – Denzel Ward and Hard Knocks from the Browns, who's mm-hmm. dog shit and half-assing in practice and faking mm-hmm. injuries. Jarvis Landry calls him out, too. And then if you read anything on the Miami Dolphins, everyone's saying, oh, my God, I think we drafted a Hall of Famer. Like, everyone's yeah. freaking out in Miami right now how good this guy is. You're right. He's a guy that you don't pass up on, and the Raiders end up getting a guy that many people thought could have been in the second round. Couldn't agree with you more on the fact that this thing wasn't good. Khalil Mack is one of the top two defensive players in the league. Would you trade yeah. Von Miller four years into his career? No, the Broncos no. wouldn't make that move. No. And that's what Khalil Mack is. So we used to talk all the time. Oh, every team in the AFC West has that one guy that can get to the quarterback or maybe two guys. The Raiders don't have a guy like that. The Raiders aren't no. going to be competitive in John Gruden's first year. And, and John Gruden said, oh, the Oakland guys are my guys. You, you immediately told everybody in that fan base, fuck you. you know? Yeah, and the whole team. Exactly right. Yeah, you told the team and you told – uh, everybody, you told the owner, fuck you. You told the whole thing. And so when, when you passed on, uh, Minka, and then when you saw this coming together with, with Mac, and then ultimately it's a trade that's yeah. made David, it, it deflated me yesterday on an NFL level. Like I, I, I would not make the comparison to what Charger fans went through, it's not fair to Charger fans, and it's a little over dramatic on my part. Yeah, but goddamn, it felt like it was about as close as I could get to that line with respect to you guys that lost a football team. I didn't lose a football team, um, but I lost the guy yesterday from, and I, and I cheer for the Vikes too. I have an yeah. NFC and an AFC team, but I lost the guy on my AFC team. That made me really, really happy to be a Raider yeah. fan. Yeah, like if you, no joke, if you were going to go out and buy a jersey, you would have bought fifty two. A yeah. week ago, you would have bought fifty two. Yeah, we asked and, Jim Trotter about it just last Sunday. Yeah, I I knew it was going bad. Yeah, and and I look at it, Dave, and and you go, man, it could have been Fitzpatrick and Mac as cornerstones on that defense. Yep, and it's the problem when you have an offensive guy coming in that just. And and Jim talked about money and everything else. Man, I don't know. It really sucked. It just sucked. And 
It, it felt like if, uh, you know, I don't I don't know right now. I mean, I, I would think if the pods were to move to T, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what it felt like. Yeah. I'll tell you, I can tell you exactly. It felt like the day the Padres traded Robbie Alomar. Oh, there you That's go. That's exactly what it felt like yeah. to me. Same thing. Where I knew Robbie Alomar was going to be special. That's exactly what it felt like. That same day for me. And look, you got two for who gives a shit? Yeah. Those guys aren't going to be Hall of Famers. You can't no. guarantee it. Most guys in drafts are not Hall of Famers. You're lucky to get one. And you got Mac at Come pick on. five. These yes. aren't going to be pick five. If you have anybody sitting at pick five, it might be your own pick. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now you're rooting for the Bears to suck. The well, Bears are going to be a lot good. better. They got Roquan Smith, the linebacker from the the Bears from excuse me, Georgia now as their yeah. their rookie linebacker now with the Bears, and you have uh, Khalil Mack back there as cornerstones. Man, it is uh, it, it is very very frustrating. And it's funny the Texans when they got Jadavian Clowney that year at number one. Mm-hmm. How many Texan fans were going, "Holy shit, this guy is injured. Yeah. He's not what we thought. We should have got Mack." I mean, the Texans were regretting yeah. taking the wrong guy at number one. And the, and the Raiders basically did the Bills. The Bills didn't have a pick at two or three, right? Two, three, or four this year or last no, year? No, in that MAC draft. Ah, boy, I can go back and look at that. that's 2014 NFL draft. It's um, I can go back and 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 check that one out. I don't feel like the Bills would have passed on him if he had played it. Oh University. yeah, that's right. You know, Buffalo. That's yeah, good. that's a good call. Then I doubt it. They did. Now let's see. The first uh, the first picks were the Texans took Clowney. Clowney. The Rams took Greg Robinson. Bust. Yeah. Uh, Blake Bortles. Not exactly what the Bills did. The Bills at number four had picked Sammy Watkins. Uh-huh. Wide receiver. And then it yeah. was the Raiders at five, picked Cleo Mack. God damn. Yeah. yeah. It was a crazy draft. I remember you and I said this is going to be the most unique draft you're ever going to see as far as wide receivers go. Remember, Earl Beckham Jr. didn't go to number 12, and Jarvis Landry didn't go to like 45. Who'd the Chargers take right there? That one. Is that who's 14? Chargers took Jason Verrett at 25. Oh, okay. They had the 25th like, pick, and they yeah. picked Jason Verrett that year. Um, I just, man, I'm telling you, it felt like to me, and look, I don't know. I mean, the Raiders are my team. I've got a Viking tattoo, <laughs> so I will be with the Vikes. And I'm wearing the... a Ram shirt right now that I've never worn before. I just yeah. pulled right out of the closet. I said, fuck yeah. it. Here's the game I figure you and I should go to. I already looked it up. Okay. Thursday night football, September 27th, Vikings at the Coliseum against the Rams. Oh, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> we, oh, I'll we, go. We, we oh, yeah, for totally sure. go. Be like the oh, old that'd days. Be fun. The Rams will lead basically for the entire game until the last two yeah. minutes, and the and Vikings then, are going to win. Yeah, and you'll oh, goof on me the whole that. way home. Yeah, oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm in completely. I just, uh, I just, it sucked, man. It sucked, and I get it. If you're a Charger fan, you yeah. want to go crazy. Fuck, man. We're wearing the horns today. Yeah. There's nothing. And I heard a guy. I had NFL radio on today, and I heard a Bears fan calling, flipping out. How bad they got crushed in that deal. Oh my Boy, gosh. I don't know how you view it that way. I mean, you gave up uh, two ones, a three, and a five for a dominant yes. player like Mac. Double-digit sacks every year. Again, the only guy in the NFL, as Jim Trotter reminded you last week, that made all pro uh, both defensive end and linebacker yeah. in the same year. That's never happened before. No. Uh, it sucked. Yeah. it it. And the crazy thing is, too, if you're a Raider fan – uh, you, you're still technically not even into day one of a 10-year, $100 million contract on this guy. Yeah. I was at my kid's basketball game yesterday. Guy was there with the Charles Woodson jersey on, older black man, and I said to him, uh, I said, God damn, you're better than me. I didn't wear that today. <laughs> and he goes, and he starts laughing. He's probably in his mid-60s. Yeah. And he just looks at me and goes, what the fuck? <laughs> I go, dude, exactly, what the fuck? 
So here I am, you know, you've got an older, probably guy, black guy in his 60s, yeah. me, kid from Cardiff, right? Yeah. But two Raider fans, different different worlds, and we were just sitting down in front of the YMCA. We're going to give less of a <laughs> shit about the basketball game that just happened. But it's just, uh, God damn, Dave, that, they, that window of opportunity yeah. was there, and it got away from them. Yeah, it, it sucked, man. No, Believe well, me, there's nothing about that deal I like. No, absolutely. It wasn't good I said for I was going to go out and buy a PS4 today yeah. and buy Madden and play franchise as the Raiders just to fucking fire Gruden <laughs> and re-sign Khalil Mack. That sucked, man. Yeah, not good. I, I hated when they didn't take Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, because I feel like we should be sitting here today incredibly excited about what the future holds for this team. And instead, I'm, I'm wondering what he's going to do next to screw it up. Yeah. You know what's uh, what's also interesting? The NFL, again, gets going on Thursday. You know, you know yeah. the, the big Thursday night game. And then all of a sudden... Here comes the season. We're all in. I, I'm really excited about the football season. The Padres season has been such a disappointment. It's it's one of those where baseball-wise, I don't know about you, but the American League to me seems so much better than the National League that you're like, all right, let, yeah. let the World Series go because the, the excitement seems in the American League playoffs. Oh, you think yeah. Any of those teams, Ooh, the Indians, Cleveland. the Astros, the, the Yankees, the Red Sox, even the A's, A's. man, will scare you. All those teams seem so much better than what the National League is. I can't remember a bigger mismatch, but again, anything can happen in a series. But the Padres aren't involved again, so it's it's one of those where I'm waiting for the football season to go. I was really excited about college football season starting yesterday, yeah. and and got a chance to watch that. But with the NFL, Antonio Gates, by the way, back with the Chargers, mm-hmm. announced it today. I don't think a lot of people are shocked by that. A couple of San Diego State guys are gone off these NFL rosters before they had a chance yeah. to even play a game. Daniel Pomfrey released from the Eagles, never played a game, and Nico Saragusa released from the Ravens. Oh, wow. And, I didn't uh, hear that one. Never had a chance to uh, to play either. So, it, again, the two guys, San Diego State, that I think a lot of people said, can't wait to see these guys in the NFL all of a sudden. Didn't play one game. Nico had an injury. Daniel can he had come an back for? Can Nico come back for the practice squad and get him? I wonder, Dave, is It'll that? It'll be interesting to hear because. See 100% healthy? That was a pretty major injury yeah. that he had. And, and don't know. We'll find out what happens in the, in the next couple of days with him. But it. You know, here's a guy that, you know, a lot of people thought this is our, our best offensive lineman to come out of San Diego State in years. And when the Ravens took him, knee. this is going to be, yeah. I mean, injury. fucked up his whole yeah. knee. And, right? you know, you know, knee injuries more than no, anyone yeah. else. But, Pumphrey, you looked at the situation with the running backs and you're looking at there's a rookie running back doing great things in the Super Bowl that no one knew who he was and it wasn't Pumphrey. And you're thinking, Pumphrey's yeah. days are probably over. Well, I'm glad they cut him, though. I'm glad they released him to give him an opportunity. Uh, to go I, again i don't know how it works as far as if he can get picked up practice squad um it was funny listening yesterday i, I told you listening about the mac trade listening about pumphrey they did a lot on him yeah. talked a lot about him obviously because he had come out of state with big numbers and people questioned the fit in the doug peterson offense and as high as they picked him but um We'll see, man. We'll see if he gets an opportunity. Shit, if nothing else, he can be the first guy on Mike Martz's offense for the AAF team, right? Yeah. I'd bring him back here. Be great. If he ended up on that team, I'd buy season tickets, even though there's like three home games. Well, you asked the right question. 14 minutes ago, okay? We've done the podcast for about 14 minutes. 14 minutes ago, Nico Saragusa added to the Ravens practice squad. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, see, and I think that's okay for him. I bet he knew that going in. Ravens not on hard knocks, but Dave, I bet if they had that opportunity, I bet he's not 100% healthy, and you can't burn a roster spot on him. So release him, give him the chance to get healthy, learn it. I, yeah. I bet Dave, I bet, 
uh, I'll bet you a burger and a beer right now, a year from now, he's he's probably in the starting rotation for them. That's probably more health than anything else. That kid's big-time player. Absolutely. And so, uh, at, at the same time, San Diego State, going back to them real quick, they they had their opener. I think a lot of people were expecting great things against Stanford because they knocked Stanford off last year. It was embarrassing. San yeah. Diego State, this, this is my frustration, and anyone wants to say you guys, uh, you're, you're San Diego State haters. Couldn't be further from the truth. Jeff and I, Not the one me. team we agree on, we root for San Diego State all the way to the very end. We've been trying to get them out of this conference forever. It seems like we've had this conversation for 10 years. You just got to yeah. get out of the Mountain West. It's embarrassing how bad the Mountain West is. You were at the right time to make a push. It didn't work out in the last couple of years. And then you lose to Stanford. It's going to be a long season against any team that's not a Mountain West Conference team. A Rocky Long knew. Yeah. He, he knew the offensive line was young, and he knew the defensive mm-hmm. backfield wasn't very good. And, yeah, you held Bryce Love in check. But, man, that San Diego State, State team, the disappointing – Effort or performance against Stanford, however you want to say it, was terrible because Stanford's not that good. The Pac-12 isn't very good. Yeah. Washington is by far and away the best team in the Pac-12, and they got beat against Auburn on Saturday. So you sit and go, which direction is the program going? It's going in the right direction. The biggest, the worst part about the program for San Diego State outside the conference is the fact that Rocky Long is nearing 70. Yeah. You wish Rocky Long was in his 50s because yeah. if you go, if this guy's in his 50s, Man, it's it basically you never know what the, how t- how high well, we can go. Well, if he's in his fifties, he's probably going to Michigan. No shit, right? I mean, he's going, yeah. But now, Dave, I I I I'm such a fan of his. They'll still be a bowl team, right? Yeah. They'll still probably win seven games, and <coughs> they'll figure it out. Well, yeah. I mean, what they just looked. I didn't see a lot of the game on Friday, but what I saw and what I heard on the radio. It sounded very uh, flat-footed. Yeah. They were no. just overmatched. I mean, they, yeah. Chapman didn't have a chance, looked terrible. Yeah. All of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, Chapman's about to become the winningest quarterback in San Diego history, and everyone's saying, get this guy off the yeah. field. Never want to see him in a game again. Everybody turned on this guy so fast. It was it was brutal. God it, it was brutal. Billy. <laughs> um, you mentioned Michigan real quick. Jim uh-huh. Harbaugh, by the way. Is nine and nine in his last eighteen? Isn't that games. amazing? He's done nine and nine in his last eighteen games. At the same time, Michigan has not beat a ranked opponent on the road since two thousand six. I think they're done with him. I yeah. think they are absolutely done with him. And I think the Jim Harbaugh excitement, um, whatever you want to call him, savior. I think that story is ended. All smoke and mirrors, right? Yeah, all bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, really. And I just think he's a guy that wears you out. I know a guy uh, that went to the University of Arizona. And personality-wise, he reminds me a lot of Harbaugh. Where you go, man, after about an hour, you just can't wait to get away from that guy. And and I think that's it. And I, Dave, uh, I mean, you saw what he did with the Niners. Saw what he did with Stanford. All those programs. But goddamn, man, he's just a guy, especially now, where where I, I think that message wears out quick. I think guys tune you out quick. Remember Paul Christ? Remember when he was yes. with Mike Riley? Yeah. Paul Christ hired at the same time that Jim Harbaugh was at Wisconsin. Yeah. Is 34-7. and seven. There's no way Wisconsin should be better than Michigan in the same conference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Christ, Paul and Jeep both were yeah. here with with Mike. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, and that's – like that Big Ten to me is really – I pay attention to it because yeah. that Dick P.J. Fleck <laughs> coaches the Gophers. He's another guy. Cheap speed. His bullshit. Um, <laughs> Do you think he turns around? I thought that was a good hire. You're not a, your brother loves him. You don't, you're not, you're not I sold. I have no time. I, man, when Les Miles was sitting there yes. and Les Miles was motivated, yeah. I, I, kinda, I just looked at that and said, 
for who you are, yeah. for who you are as a program, that that's not a bad guy to get. Yeah, you're right. You get a guy that had been that successful, what Miles had done yeah. for the Gophers. You're not goddamn Notre Dame. You're not yeah. Michigan or Auburn or Alabama. You fucking take less Miles and you give him the keys and you say, let's go. You know uh, he's a great recruiter. LSU yeah. always has a great team. Yeah. So that, to me, would have been – and he would have put yeah. together a monster staff. Look, Fleck has – I mean, team they, – they had come out and won the Holiday Bowl. Then under Fleck, they don't – they're not bowl eligible. And now yeah. another year where they say they're not bowl eligible. So, I, I don't know. Young team, and he's doing all his stuff. But we'll, we'll find out. We'll see what, what happens there. It's uh, – last thing I'll say about uh, – two things about college football. One is Penn State. I'm a big James Franklin fan. Yeah, is that, sure. Is that Penn State. I thought actually he was the guy I thought the Charter should have hired instead of Anthony Lynn because I thought I think he's a fantastic coach. Barely knocks off Appalachian State in overtime. That wow. was embarrassing as shit. And then at the same time, uh, the Alabama game against Louisville, it, it would have been a lot different. Obviously, Lamar Jackson would have stayed his last year. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they saw that on the schedule, go, wow, let's see what Alabama does against a quarterback like that. Because traditionally, they don't do well against quarterbacks like that. Alabama wins. But here's, a, here's an interesting stat. And a lot of people say, well, that's not very impressive until you realize it's the college football record. 74 straight wins against teams that are unranked. And, when I, and people say, well, you're supposed to beat those teams. The thing is, mm-hmm. people don't. Because yeah. as players, especially young guys between 18 and 22, you get to the point where I don't need to give my best effort. To yeah. get the best out of guys Turn it off. 74 times, pretty impressive. You, first thing you said to me when you walked in here, did you see the Saban interview after after the game on the field where he, he ripped the girl's head off? And he has since apologized. But, yeah, is it? I, I'm not a fan of that when coaches do well, that. I don't think I, she said anything. She didn't she, say anything wrong. And she asked the question that needed to be asked. Absolutely. About the quarterback situation. So I don't know why it's acceptable, whether it's Saban, whether it's Popovich, whether it's Belichick. You know what I mean? It seems yeah. seems kind of crazy. I always wait for guys to push back. And I understand, I shouldn't say this because she's a female, but when you're a guy, there's one of those things where you say you kind of check your manhood because you got man strength also. You're like, mm. I'm going to push back on this shit. Yeah, like you, you watch it and you go, don't take that. And it bothers me that the media continuously takes it from those three guys. I don't think she took it, though. All she said was, I hear you. Yeah, but and it I, was great. Yeah, like she, I thought she handled it perfect. What would you have said if that was you? I'd have been like, uh, back up to the booth, Joe <laughs> Testator. <laughs> I just given that little short guy a look. Patted uh, him I on thought, the head. Yeah, I thought she did it. I thought she was great, and she said, like, I'm sure ABC said you handled it perfect too. But that's yeah. that's that's crazy. Yeah. And she's yeah. she was taller than Oh him. yeah, by a foot. And Popovich you know, though does it all the time too. It gets old to me. Yeah, enough of that bullshit. Um it's funny because I said to you this week I um behind I was kind of reading up on different things and Nick Saban had been the cover story for the ESPN magazine uh college football issue. And there were 14 different short stories in there about Saban that I found really, really enjoyable. And there was one, and Dave, I, I God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this girl's name, and I, I, I'm sorry to do it. But he was at LSU. Yeah. Did you read this story? I haven't read the story yet, and but I have was, the magazine on my desk. It was the number one. When he was at LSU, they were recruiting um, the number one female basketball player, and her name is like Simone Augustine. Okay. Something along that. It's spelled different, but... The number one player and the woman's basketball coach at LSU said to Nick Saban, hey, I know you're busy, but if you get an opportunity, could you come over and say hello? 
And so he said yes. And then he hit up the staff and said, send me the background on this girl. So they sent her like five notes, five pages of notes about this player, top female basketball player. He read everything up on her. He knew her. And he said to his staff and his team, if you see her walking around campus, you stop her, you introduce yourself, you address her by name, and you tell her, we need you at LSU. Wow. And I go, holy shit, that's really cool. Yeah. And it talked about how invested he was in helping recruit for other sports. And there's a bunch of fun stories and different things. And, and look, we've heard stories uh, off air from your son about what Saban's like. I'm a huge fan of his. I, I think when you do it, if you do that with Dr. Jerry Punch, yeah, <laughs> nobody really gives a shit. But I think when you're doing it to a female... I think it makes you look like a douche. Yeah. And you could come out the next day and apologize. I still think you look like a douche. And uh, for a guy like that, you should be better than that. And I've seen him plenty of times be be fine yeah. on sideline interviews um, with Tracy Wolfson or whoever the interviewer. And I, Dave, I, I wish I knew that girl's name because I, I thought she handled it as well as anybody I've seen do it. Um, she, I thought, hell yeah, great job. You know, he um, – and when I, I used to talk to Josh after every practice when he was at Alabama, and I yeah. would ask him how different things went. And there's certain guys he liked, certain guys he didn't like. He liked Saban every day. He says, you know, I felt like I learned something all the time from him. And, and he would re- relate some of the things. Some things I try and take into coaching, just some baseball that he's told me. One thing is a lot of coaches will do things until we get it right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to do this until we get it right. Saban goes about it, we're going to do this until we won't ever get it wrong again. Meaning, yeah. even if you got it right now, you got to show me you're going to get it right 20 more times yeah. in a row to show me you aren't going to screw this up because it's it's not going to it's not going to happen. So when uh, w- Maria Taylor, by the way, was, was was a girl from from uh, ABC ESPN, the one you were thinking of. Um, but it, one of the things I think the life lesson he, he taught my son, I might have said this on the podcast before, is on my son's birthday. Actually, he got yelled at in practice, where to the point where Saban says, "I'm going to fucking kill you." <laughs> and right and he's like oh my god you know yeah and he runs the play again and he's running the play the way he was told to run it through lane kiffin mm-hmm. and saban didn't get the play the same way and lane's like you're running the way i'm telling you to run it he sees it this way this is what the card says and he runs he, now he doesn't know what to do he has to run it again and he runs it again lane's way not saban's way and he just throws his shit and i'm gonna fucking kill you so i call josh i go hey happy birthday how's it going well nick saban just threatened to fucking kill me you know so he goes into his office and he goes, Coach, I just want to apologize for today and I'll let you know starting tomorrow I'm going to continue to do everything I can to help this team win. And he goes, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he forgot it. And of course he didn't forget it. But yeah. he, the lesson he taught Josh was, hey, you got to put everything behind you and move forward. Yeah. And I tell it. you what, I've noticed it to him since, that, since that's happened a couple years ago to now everyday life and going to work, a bad day, good day. Man, it completely changed the way he looks at life. No rearview mirrors, man. And, and a lot of people fall apart. A lot of people, when yeah. they, they get called into their boss's office, or I need to see you, and things aren't going your way, they can't shake it. They can't sleep. They can't sit and go through the next couple months, the whole deal. Man, it, it was the best life lesson I think he ever learned that here's a guy that told him, basically, hey, son, that's that's behind you. It's what you do moving forward is the way we're going to go. And acted like he, he 100% didn't know. Well, there's only one guy he threatened to fucking kill that day. It was that yeah. guy. 
You asshole. <laughs> you asshole. But that was we're just curious. What would you have done in that situation? Would you have done what oh. your what your quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator told you to yeah. do? What would you've done what the head coach told you? Yeah, that's what yeah. you have to make the decision. Yeah, you got to do what the OC say. I, yeah, and the deal is because that's how the play is designed to be run. You're uh, doing it right. Saban's yeah. wrong. And the deal is it's not, it's not a big card. You see those cards yeah. on the sideline, so everyone knows that Josh is running at what the card says. Yeah. And Saban man lay, laid into him. And it was a matter of when they snapped the ball when the guy was in motion, where yeah. where the ball was snapped, and that was was the big complaint. But uh, overall, he says, man, I learned something from that guy every day. And every picture I've ever seen when Josh was there, you could see he's two feet by him. Like like I want to yeah. hear everything he has to say. Oh yeah, it was was pretty cool. It's but funny, my kids have their first male teacher yeah. in sixth grade. That's interesting. Took that long. Yeah, and he's awesome. And I said to them, I've loved all the teachers you've had, but this yeah. year is going to be a unique year, and I, I think you'll probably remember it longest. I absolutely, the male teachers that I had, I had great female teachers too, but the male teachers are the guys you connect with. Yeah. And I, I think this guy's awesome. He and I have a great relationship uh, and, and a mutual respect, and I told him, hey, man, I'm on your team. Now, obviously, I have their back, but I know who the fuck they are. Yeah. And if they start, I go, here's my cell, here's my email, call me. Let me know what you need out of me, and I'm here for you. But, um, yeah, it's those are the guys that shape you. And, I, and I'm and i sorry, man. You find guys in life that have not had that kind of experience, have not had a coach fucking tear into you, and have not had that experience, and those are the guys in life that turn out to be a complete fucking dick. And and we say it all the time. Baseball, we're the two guys. Like me and my two buddies were the guys at the end. Yeah. And we'd you know we'd get in, we'd play, but for the majority of the time, we, it was the three of us down yeah. there at the end, and we were doing voices and <laughs> you know doing all this different shit, fucking you know yelling at the third base yeah. coach, you know doing all that shit, <laughs> and, and ah hey you know shut up, <laughs> ah, you know doing all that stupid shit, but it was. When you go, that's how you get through life. And yeah. it's the guys that have never sat down there, got fucking yelled at, had to do ups and downs, doing all that shit, where you go, hey, you're just a pussy. <laughs> hey, you're just a pussy. I mean, that, uh, that to me is is what makes you. And the coaches that I had, God, I, and they know it to this day. I've told them, God, I fucking hated you. <laughs> Till about a year and a half afterwards, and then I was like, God damn, I fucking love that guy. Yeah. Because you realize. He does, it clicks yeah, in. Yeah, he he. he he beat the bad shit out of you. Yeah. And and you need that as a kid. Yeah, it's all good. That's that's funny. I, I want to mention this because I'll, I'll forget because this is uh, hats off to San Diego State as well. Thank is you. Last, <laughs> last, is it last Sunday or Monday? I brought up the story about oh, the yeah. San Diego State baseball player, Chad Bible. Yep. And uh, after we, we, we told the story on the podcast about how here's the kid that was fighting cancer, had a great year a year ago, and then all of a sudden going to a senior year, they basically release him from the team. They're taking a scholarship away. And so yeah. his choice as a family is either we pay for his last year and he stays on the team or he shit out of luck. Well, the family's in a situation where they can't afford to pay for him to go back to school. And we did, knocked out the podcast. I get a phone call the next day from KFMB TV. Mm -hmm. says, we're doing a story on this. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. I said, are you running it through your sports department or your news department? Because we know there's a difference. The sports mm -hmm. department's going to be a little kinder. The, the news department's going to kick you in the nuts, and everyone's going to know your dirtbags. Yeah, it's front page or, or page eight. Yes. Well, before it became even a, a story on KFMB, San Diego State stepped up and did the right thing. This, well, kid, this kid's now back going to be back on the baseball team. Good. He's going to get scholarship, and he's going to get a chance to finish his degree. 
And uh, it's one of those where you're you're happy it worked out for what's best. As I said before, Jeff and I, neither one of us have even spoken to the kid. Don't know him, not at all. I just knew the story. And so I'm glad that uh, before it became a big issue and embarrassing for either the kid or the university that it was all taken care of. Well, I was about to go down and beat the dog shit out <laughs> of Steve You're going to park Schnall. in the fire lane and then beat up Steve Schnall with your car running? Yeah, that it. confident? It's not going to take that long? I'm just going to take Steve Schnall and shove his face in a bowl of potato salad at the player <laughs> buffet and wrench his little noodle arm behind him as far as it'll go. Good for a state to do the right thing. But, um, look, I... You're doing something wrong for kids, and we hear about it. We're coming after you. I don't give a shit who you are. Yeah. I really don't. We're fucking coming after you. So good for them. I appreciate them doing the right thing. Yeah, it's fine. Good deal. And Took good less for, than and, a week. Yeah, good. Good for them and, and good for Chad. Cool. That That's the most important thing. Uh, I guarantee it wasn't that fucking John Howard called. <laughs> We almost had to get coach on it. Coach is sitting there make the big phone call. Unbelievable. Hey, what the hell's going on over there? I need to come down there, Mark. You want to see angry coach? <laughs> He's in. I'll pay for it. <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but uh, uh, that's it. I want to say one thing about the Padres yeah. uh, organization. Because I watched what happened last night. Did you see what happened? Uh, Man, I was out literally with baseball from 4 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. Did you hear what happened? No, not at all. So the Padres last night had their beachhead giveaway that they promoted. Oh, I did hear about this. Go ahead. By the way, this is the one thing I would have gone and bought a ticket for. I, be, the beach hat? The beach hat. And I know a lot of people. you want to look like Nick Saban? No, 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 I actually own a Saban hat. But anyone who's out in the sun a lot will tell yeah. you it's the only hat you can buy that will keep you from getting sunburn on the back of your neck. Yeah. it's uh, And that's where tons of people, obviously, you get skin cancer. But for, for me, I would have gone and picked up that hat. So uh, the pods vendor, I love how it always comes back to the team. Yes. You get these big boxes full of the hats. Yeah. They show up, you know what they are, and guess what you do? You just bring them over, and you park them at the different gates. You just run them on a, you know, like a foot truck. Exactly. Right, Dave? Not going through checking them all. No, it's a shitload of hats. Shitload of hats. And you think about, over the years, how many of these different things do you do, right? Yeah. The Trevor. Bobbleheads, whatever else. Everything goes. Everything goes out, and you just bring the boxes out, and off you go. Well, last night with the beach hat, which was a very popular, especially right now, Labor Day weekend. So apparently it was a beetle of some type yeah. had gotten into the packaging, a beetle that is not harmful to humans, but it got in there. The pods immediately did a recall, but they're just getting kicked in the fucking nuts all over town today. <laughs> I, I don't know any team that goes through and checks everything one by one. But it's your name on it. Yeah. You're the guys, uh, again, wearing the horns. So the vendor is going to have to. How about this shit, Dave? The vendor is going to have to. If you were there last night, you filled out a voucher. Yeah. They're going to mail one to you. Okay. They're going to mail one to me. They're going to mail one to oh, wow. Maggie. They're going to mail one to Miserable Pot, right? Yes. Who's paying for that shit? It's going to come your season tickets next year? No. Yeah. Well, the vendor. Making it, oh, the vendor is going to take care of it. Oh, yeah. That Holy goes back shit. on the vendor. Wow. So, but I had probably about a 30, 35-minute conversation with the Padres earlier in the week. 
We're kind of talking about the Little League field and some of the things we have planned. They're going to be, a, God, they're going to be such a great help for us on that. I'm so excited for this as we get this going. Our buddy Scott Yaffe is going to help us because we told you, we're going to rebuild this Little League field. We're going to do it. We're going to play catch, and then we're going to have one of the guys that show movies in the park. We're going to get Field of Dreams out there. So that's kind of what the plan is, right? We'll all spend the day. It'll be a family thing. So Maggie wants to bring her kids, Larry Thomas, your kids, everybody. Come out, hang out, bring your kids. We'll all have a great time. Play some catch like we said on our new built field. And then at yeah. the end of the night, we'll have a barbecue and we'll uh, we'll show Field of Dreams. And we'll hang out under the stars on the field we just Perfect. Redid. Pretty cool day. Yeah, Pods loved it. They're going to help out. But I, I, this was really cool to me, and this is why I am really believe in this group moving forward. We were talking about just kind of in general terms some of the promotions and some of the ideas that they had this year, and I love the term that they used. They said, we have the seat dancers and we have the scorekeepers, and they said there, we, we have all people yeah. in between. But we have the people that are the hardcore sitting down, still keeping score. Yeah. And we have the people that just like getting up and dancing when they're on the camera. Yeah. And and sometimes those people are one in the same, but it's all the people in between. And the pod said to me the other day, um, they felt really good this year going in for their promotional schedule and marketing and doing all these kind of things. And a lot of things they were excited about didn't quite work. And they said... Uh, we want you and Dave to be kind of part of our off season. Cool. And I said, I am in a hundred percent. I go, Dave can pound sand. <laughs> <laughs> and they they Steve Garvey t-shirt day. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, but man, look, if, if you, it's what I've always said to my kids, I don't care if you make a mistake, own up to it and let's move forward. Yeah. I, I think the mistakes they made, um, are probably viewed they probably view them worse than we view them. Yeah. But they don't want to make them again. And what they're saying is, look, we better figure out, um, we better accept that we don't, that we know what we don't know. So let's get some other eyes in here, some other ears in here. And, uh, and let's kind of make sure that the 2019 season is a little different. Um, you and I will not be involved in player personnel. Oh. But, um, but I, I just was stoked, Dave. I mean, we've been, yeah. you know, I, I absolutely should have a vote for the Padres Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I, sure. I look at these guys that are voting for it, and none of these dickheads. <laughs> there's not one of these fucking guys. get in the room now to see oh, they all know great. you call them dickheads. I'd be like, outside of Bill Center, I would listen to Bill Center. Yeah. I would listen to Bill and to Nick. But there's nobody else. Uh, Ted. I'd listen to Ted. Um. But I should have a voice on that thing. Yeah. I should, because I would have different... Uh, Bob Chandler would be in the Padre of Hall of Fame. Dave Campbell would be in the Padre Hall of Fame. There would be guys like that that I would say, yeah, we got to get these guys, and they need to be recognized now yeah. in there and, and be in. Um, so, yeah, but I, I was so stoked that they thought enough of this podcast and kind of you as a fan base... Dave Kaminsky sent pictures out last night. He was the guy that won the awesome. uh, fan package, and they took him up uh, into the sound, and he was on the field, the whole deal. Just loved it, man. They they are my team. I am proud to be a Pods fan, and I just, I, I just was so stoked that they said, look, 
we're uh, we're frustrated with some things, and we just want to hear what you think. We're gonna get something, and I go, "Shit, man, we're yeah. in. Let's go." Obviously, we won't hold back. We'll tell you exactly what we think as a fan. I mean, we're obviously we're huge sports fans. Both of us want to see the team do well. I, I, honestly, I mean that by everything I say. I really do want to see the team do well. The ballpark is one of those. If you've ever been to the ballpark and you aren't from San Diego, you come back with a great story. The weather's always fantastic. The, the skyline view is great. It, it just It's the product on the field. We understand the process. Speaking of that, this uh-huh. Luis Urias deal. Urias. Urias. I, I really don't give a fuck right now. You better I've figure been told it out. 80 times. Because the guy on the Dodgers is the same last name and they pronounce it different. Here, yeah. here's, here's my – I don't – look, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay? And it's Asuaje. I hope <laughs> this kid doesn't read social media because, man, this seems like they're putting so much pressure on this kid. What's Tatis going to be like? Oh, my, exactly. What's Mackenzie yeah. Gore going to be like? No or Paddock shit. or any of these other guys? I mean, you might as well put a cape on the back of this guy's uniform. He's hitting 211 right now, which is, is normal. The guy yeah. was just called up to the big league. Well, yeah, he's a little he's got, kid. Yeah, I mean, you he's know? been up less than a week. Yeah, I mean. but, but uh, my, my point is relax a second. You know, go ahead, cheer all you want, but when you're saying this guy's the savior of the team, I'm sorry, he's a little second baseman. There aren't too many little second basemen outside of – you know, Altuve and Pedroia, who are those guys, he's a big piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Okay? Tatis, as you just said, what happens when he gets up here? The fan base is insane with the, some yeah. of these guys. Love I mean, we're, we're, we're loony. We're, we're, yeah. we're crazy. But I also find myself, and I, again, I've watched over 90% of the Padre games. And, yeah. I, and not in the car as much when it's on radio. But I find myself when the team is struggling, and I loved Orsillo and I love Grant and Sweeney. I get to the point where I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I get so mad at yeah. those guys. It's not their fault. The team's not winning. But I I, I was thinking Grant's line where the save it line. You just yeah. like, dude, save it. I don't give a shit. You're driving me crazy. No. And it's 100% not their fault. Yeah. But I'm so freaking frustrated by what I see on a regular basis that I start getting mad at those guys. Well, I was shocked that they had him out signing autographs yeah. like day two. Yeah. But the line was out the door, which is. if you're him, it's yeah. got to be pretty cool. Yeah. Um. This was a story they shared with me, and look, with all respect to to Kev AC and Bryce Miller and those guys, I don't get the UT anymore. So, so AC and Jeff Sanders may have written this, and I just didn't see it. So, if you've heard this, but we were we were talking about Orias and Urias. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I, who gives a fuck? Right. But I like the idea they shared this story with me. They're they're really big fans of him. Off the field yeah, as well. That's great. Which is, they're saying he's he's going to be a connection. But the funny thing is, what they said was, when he came up in the organization, the only two words he could say in English were, good morning. I was like, ah. <laughs> I was like, ah, damn it. But if you watched him after day one, he yeah. did his full post-game press conference in English. Yeah. Very, and very uh, look, good. man, if you are that guy, that is a. There is no way I would. I had nine years of Spanish one at San Diego. Yeah. I didn't learn shit. <laughs> I did not learn shit, and I was not trying to be a professional baseball player at the same time. If yeah. I just, I love guys like that. What that tells me, Dave, is that kid has a commitment to be great. Exactly. And guys that I trust, like John Conniff, yeah, um, and Mad Friars. When they, they talk about him, that's what I like. Yeah. So, I mean, Dave, he's been up for five days. We don't, when opening day, we don't freak out on, no, that's on my Saturday point. because, exactly. you know, uh, Mike Trout's hitting 211. Yeah, relax. It's, it's and, and I just laugh. It's, of course, uh, it's the guys that we're on Twitter with all the time, but holy shit, I hope this guy's not reading. Like, the way that Phil look, Hughes jumped into everything. Phil Hughes is funny. Yeah. Well, like, great. He's doing what we're doing. <laughs> you know? I yeah. mean, damn. 
Phil Hughes was a great guy. I understand all that, but that's I was saying that's not what I want my professional no. team to be. The guy that that can't get it done that we're all friends with. And Brian Mitchell's pitching tomorrow. <sighs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Some of these seem like the biggest waste to me. Like, uh, I'll go back to the very beginning of the year. We knew Clayton Richard didn't belong on this team. Two-year deal. He, he didn't belong on this team. Clayton Richard had, had no business being on this team. Just let some of the young guys go. We, you know, it's this. But it's the same bullshit. Clayton Richard has a five-three-three ERA. Now he's having double knee surgery. Jesus, what are you, 100? (laughs) Roy Acuff? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't have any problem with Clayton Richard coming back. You needed guys like a Tyson Ross to kind of just fill the gap. Lucchese and Lauer and all these guys. We saw it, Dave. They only had a a certain amount of bullets in the gun. Now, look, Tyson Ross has moved on. I don't know that I would have given Richard a two-year deal. but Again, why? Why would you give him a two-year deal? I think you gave him a two-year deal. Because no one else was knocking on the door? No, I think you threw him a two-year deal because he kind of bit the bullet for you last year. But nobody wanted him last year. Remember, he was doing middle relief for the Cubs like three years yeah. ago. I mean, nobody wanted him. It yeah. was, it's been dog shit for get? a long time. What's he get, $3 million a year? Yeah, still, it's $3, $3 million. No, but I'm saying yeah. from, a, from a baseball standpoint, it's not like you're giving him no, $28 million. It. It's not like Kobe coming back. No, I'm just saying it, it's crazy. Lou L. Dang thinks that's crazy. It's crazy. Shit. It's, yeah. uh, so anyway, the Clayton Richard thing drives me nuts. I laugh at this organization. A couple things I'll give you a compliment on the organization. All right. The, the pitching thing, I thought, the Ross thing, I was all for. Let's see what he has. And guess what? When he was hot, don't be afraid to say, I don't have to wait till August 1st. Right. Tra- just trade him. Right. Trade him, should... trade him when it's hot. So buy a stock. I... That's what you were doing. Again, but you don't know what's being offered on the other side. Well, basically, you get What would you shit. have offered? What would I have offered back? If I was the Yankees at the time and needed starting pitching at yeah. the time, I'm sure you could have got someone in return that was a top 25 minor Better than what player. you got because yes, you, best... you let him walk out yeah. the door. And for Clayton Richard at the time. Go ahead and get rid of him because at the time he was doing well. Now it's, it's completely disappointing. That That's my complaint. The extension thing, by the way, drives me nuts too. These extension, contract extensions to Andy Green and A.J. Prell and all that I'm not shit. A, I'm not an Andy Green fan. <clears throat> no, I, I, I can't take his yeah. vocals. And don't give me you can't go into a, a dead year, okay? I understand. But no one else is going to hire I these guys. I don't mind Preller. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't have any problems with the Preller extension. I would not. Andy Green's not the manager of this team. Do you know who just got a contract extension two days ago? A.J. From, Hinch. A.J. Hinch got a, finally got a contract extension. The guy only won the World Series. I mean, it took the Astros this yeah. long to take care of A.J. Hinch. Isn't Dave Roberts still without and so, one? And Dave Roberts might be without one, too. My point yeah. is you, you don't need to until that contract runs out. I don't understand. Here's what I'll give the compliment on A.J. Preller, because I'm still not sure where we're at until these minor league guys either mm-hmm. pan it or not. Number one, he, he sounds like he builds a fantastic minor league system. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing I think he does in the way baseball's gone, man, does that guy know how to put a bullpen together. Because when you look at Brad Hand, who basically mm-hmm. was sitting there for anyone to take, and you turn him into something, and you look mm-hmm. at what Simber and what Hand is, and we goofed on Simber going to the Indians. Yeah, those two guys have lowered the Indians' bullpen ERA by almost two runs. Yeah, I mean it's insane how good those guys have been for a team that might win the World Series. But those guys were again, we're all put yeah. together by AJ. AJ yeah. does a fantastic job with the bullpen all the time. Yeah, he's found a bunch of guys. I'm 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 good with Preller. I'm good with Preller, and I'm good with all the guys around him because I think Dave, what you and I don't see is what happens behind closed doors. Of course. So when you talk to people within the organization as far as how things are run, communication, how different people have a voice, um, attention to detail, that as much as I love Kevin Towers as a guy, wasn't there. So from a baseball operations standpoint, also I think credit goes to Ron and to Pete. Um, for maybe spending money 
for these younger guys that hadn't been there in the past. Um, I, I don't think any of us were probably ready for how long a drawn-out process it takes, but it's going to be one of those things, I hope, I think they hope too, uh, the visual that I thought of the other day, you used to watch I Love Lucy, of right? Course. Remember the one where they're at the conveyor belt and they're yeah. doing the chocolate thing? Start shoving them in our mouth. Yeah, and it's just starting to come out slow, and then all of a sudden things start picking up and picking up. Well, in a way, man, it's kind of that way right now when you're going to have to figure out guys for Rule 5. Yeah. And, and that starts this year. Yeah. And then you have to look at, see, next year's going to be different. And and I think the other thing that we don't give enough credence to is I think Fowler's pissed. I'd be pissed, too, if I was Fowler. I, I think Fowler's pissed because I think it's a major step backwards this year. It was. And it, something, so they want to know what went wrong. Yeah. What, what, who, who fucked this up? Yeah. Right, because as Howard Cosell would say, "Who goofed?" I need to know. Yeah, I mean, Hosmer was not what you want him to be. No, um, you know, second base was just uh, Perella went way back. Yeah, Span- Perella was a top ranked guy from the Yankees organization. I and mean, he's on the he's on the tops card with Brian Mitchell. Holy, that's the worst card of all time ever. <laughs> Go try um, and sell that. Yeah, I, you know, for me, I'll tell you, it's funny. I had this conversation with AC. Some of these guys on Twitter wear me out with the FW, you know, the FWAR, right, the war and all this shit. Yeah. Because for me, when I watch Galvis play, Galvis is different at shortstop than any guy I've seen play there in a long time, maybe going back to Khalil, where you go, the guy just makes plays and he's fun to watch. And you know what, for me... Uh, I don't think Freddie Galvis being here or Freddie Galvis not being here would have made this a 500 team. No. But I I, when I'm, I need something to fucking entertain me, okay? So you dicks that sit there with your protractors all day, fuck you. Go on, fuck a girl once, you fucking dork. You Jesus. Like Casey Kasem. God damn. You all know so much, and you all fucking sit there all day with your baseball cards like a bunch of fucking dorks go out right do something stop reading comic books you fucking dorks <laughs> so all i'm telling you is when i go to a game i i don't mind watching freddie galvis right now i don't need i don't think freddie galvis needs a four-year extension no no but galvis on let's say galvis is on a team well obviously he's not going to play for lindor let's say he was on a team like the indians with that kind of sure. lineup if he's batting eighth or ninth, he's the piece. He's a, he, defensively you're going. I'll take Galvis. Yeah. Galvis is not your guy. No, to bat third or wherever the fuck you want to think yeah. that he's that star. Look, no. Galvis is a guy hitting two thirty nine. Okay, yeah. and his defense and he plays every day. When everyone keeps saying he's your team MVP, I don't want to hear about fucking MVPs. Your, don't tell me about MVP. No MVP. There is none. Let's cancel none. the banquet. Third baseman Chase Headley. Yeah. Ma- I mean, that's that's what we yeah. took a chance on. Major fail. The Brian Mitchell trade. With Chase Headley was a huge epic fail. They yes. got it. Margot to me still, I to me Margot in a lot of ways feels like a guy. Yes, he he's hitting two fifty. He's a guy. Yeah, I mean I I look at him and and Jankowski now, Renfro, 
which we've been saying, don't take Renfro out of the lineup for two years. Just let him do his thing. And let guess him do what? his thing. You get a lot of at-bats. All of a sudden, Renfro's a guy that you expect. This guy could hit yeah. 30 to 40 home runs every year. So now, if I go next year, and you're telling me that my everyday lineup is going to be Hedges catching, Hosmer at first, Orias at second, Galvis at short, maybe Tatis at third, Myers in left, Margot slash Jankowski in center, Renfro in right, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. But give me your team in the future, your outfield in the future again. I Besides said Myers, okay. Myers in left, Renfro okay. in right. So you're done with Myers at third base. Oh, shit. Nah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess I was kind of forgetting about the, yeah, I was trying to think of something with, um, okay. yeah, I guess Myers, they want their. Because he gets bored because he's ADHD and you got to make sure Myers isn't bored. Well, I'm tired of that shit. Holy shit. Just like I usually just take the kid that's a spaz. I'd put him at catcher yeah. just because it make him focus that the pitch is coming every single time. Yeah. Yeah. That's Myers. Give him a big fucking dime store piece, that round bubble gum. And just jam it in his mouth. Give him five gobstoppers and put them in his mouth. Oh. <laughs> oh. Candy in there. Yeah. Uh, Myers isn't your third baseman. Give me a fucking break. And not your third baseman. I'm going to go Myers back and okay. left. I'm going to put Tatis at third. Uh, and then uh, Margot Jankowski. I know Tatis wants to play short, which is fine with me, too. And Renfro. Okay, but, so that's four. Okay, I got you. So, you, so basically, you're taking one of those guys out, either Margot or Jankowski out. You just named four outfielders. Yeah, I just said okay. they can go. You know, some. I'm, to me, I, I look at Jankowski who's hitting two sixty. Maybe flip him this year. Fuck, if somebody would take him, I would. Yeah. Those guys aren't going to win you anything in in the future. This Hosmer deal. I'm shocked Jankowski <laughs> couldn't have gotten flipped. Uh, really, Dave, I'm yeah. shocked a guy like Jankowski with As his a fourth speed, outfielder somewhere his else. His speed. Them play a bad yeah. defense, can play all three yeah. of them. I'm kind of shocked they weren't able to flip a guy like that and and turn that into something. You have uh, you have a Jankowski who's hitting 260, and you sit and you look at. I'm not a Margot fan. Aswahe obviously his days are done with the uh, with the Padres. Spangenberg, Spangenberg, we're all Come tired. We're, we're tired of a lot of this. Get out of here. These are all <laughs> we're naming basically bench guys that start for this team. Yeah. The Hosmer deal frustrates me, man, for a number of reasons. One is there are only two teams that were chasing him. That's what I was saying to you before. Mm-hmm. There was only the Padres and Royals that wanted him. Yet, from the outside, I would have guessed the Red Sox would have chased him, the Yankees. Somebody would have chased him that, that was a big-name team that says, here's a proven winner. He'll join a winning team. I think next year's huge. for. I think next year determines more than 18, Dave. I think if you and I sit here a year from today, we either think that deal was really good or really bad. Yeah. I think a year from today – uh, we'll know, fuck, that was great or bad. Because I'm watching Kershaw last night. Are you 100% convinced that Kershaw is going to opt out of no, that deal? I think I'm there's not no, either. There's no way he opts out. You're crazy to opt out if you're Kershaw so right now. now. You have a history of back problems. You're going to be stuck paying him $35 million a year if you're the Dodgers. For how much longer? For a couple more years. Okay. So your financial flexibility, you're still the Dodgers, yeah. but your financial flexibility takes a big hit and that's why i think looking at hosmer next year and what happens whether man i'm telling you i think it's a shortly i think andy green's still here but i think andy green has a very very short leash going into next year i think a lot of these guys have a very short leash this to me was the laziest effort from a baseball team all year it was awful really awful 
by the team uh, on the major league level. I, I didn't feel like anybody, and that that I point the finger directly back at Andy Green. I, I don't feel like Andy Green does anything to get this team motivated to want to win, and uh, and it's proven in the record. Yeah, um, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. Real quick, because we both of us have become fans of Renfro. Even last year, we were fans. We weren't yeah. fans when they sent him down. Said if you keep him up, he's going to give you forty. Renfro right now has 220 less at-bats than Hosmer, yet when you look at his power numbers, they're much better. I mean, again, you're looking at 19 home runs for, for Renfro, and, and yeah. for Hosmer, you're looking at a guy that's 13. You would never guess that Hosmer would have 13 home runs in September. Terrible year. Terrible year uh, for Hosmer. Really? Yeah. Um, just across the board. So, I don't know, Dave, but I, I look at it and you go, all right, um, I, I just believe that you have an ownership group uh, led by Ron Fowler, that is probably really pissed. I agree. Really pissed, and I think you're going to see some shit change. And whether that means— What if you dumped Green today and, and let's told Mark McGuire you're going to run the team I would the make last that month move. of the season? I would absolutely make that move yeah. today. I, I would make that move. I think McGuire, to me, um, nobody's going to take any bullshit, but a guy who performed in— Oh, well, yeah. Step, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> the guy that was that player um, is going to command respect. He's going to command respect from everybody. He's dealt with the media, yep. right? At I mean, he has World the, Series rings. Yeah, during that whole time, um, success as a hitting coach. Yep. And I would say that Mark McGuire would have the opportunity. I would also, I would say, Mark, I'm not only going to let you do that. But I'm going to give you the opportunity to put your staff together. This idea that you continue to bring first and third base coaches up from some, you know, Eugene, Oregon league or whatever you're doing, I think that's doing a great disservice to your team. I think when you look at what Tony LaRusse has said about teams that he won with, he felt good because he had, you know, the Dave Duncans of the of world. When, when Dave Martinez was there on the bench and in the ear, of Joe Madden, those kind of guys. And, and I think that's the other problem that this team has done consistently uh, over the years. has dismissed the the power of the assistant coach. I think when you look at Boach's staff, what he had, those guys, man, he put a lot on those yeah. guys. Put a lot on the Rob Peachlos and the Flannerys and the Merv Retmans uh, to, to make it work. And, and I think it's just, you know, if we, if we go – I got Ballsley's fine, but I mean it's fucking Clayton Richard. You know, I mean he didn't. I like Darren. This is not a knock on him, but everybody that you know goes crazy about it. Um, well, sh show me the numbers on these guys. It's a tough situation. I would shake it up honestly for the last month. Why not? What do you yeah. have? You have nothing to lose. Let's see if you see any any difference. And if you might learn something about Mark McGuire, good or bad. But at the same time, you're going to go into Andy Green next year and you're going to pull the same line. Ah, oh, man, it's going to be dead man walking. you got to give yeah. another extension. You're going to give an Andy Green a fucking no. extension again? They, you need a couple of guys that have the red ass on that team. Right? Dave Stewart was the pitching coach. Whether he was good or not is up for debate. But Dave had the red ass. There were yeah. guys, Davey Lopes. They say Skip Shoemaker is that guy. He's that guy, your first base coach. He's that guy. Flannery was the guy that was the hyped-up guy with a lot of energy for Bochy's yeah. staff with the Giants. Yeah. You know, he was the guy that would, hey, this is the way it's done at the major league level. He was that guy. Yeah, I would I would change that coaching staff out yeah. a lot. Also, at the same time, let me – here's one that drives me crazy. The Chargers used to do it when I used to disagree with who was running the offense. 
Mark McGuire had a lot of success as a hitting coach. Yeah. You know, the guy won a World Series with the Cardinals as a hitting coach. He helped the Dodgers win a couple division titles as a hitting coach. Yeah. I understand he's a bench coach. What's the fucking point? It's not working. Yet you have a guy that has the knowledge to be a great hitting coach, which I never thought Mark McGuire would be that guy because he seemed like a guy that would just see it and swing as hard as he can. But Mark McGuire's had success, and this team can't hit for shit. They strike out all the time. How is Mark McGuire not your hitting coach? I don't. I can't tell you. Because it's a demotion from bench coach? Can't you do both? Can't I, you be the hitting coach and the no, bench coach? No, but I'm saying I don't know how much he's involved. He may be involved with it. I don't know. I don't Fuck. know the answer. Yeah, it'd just be a guess It's well for me. But I, I would be shocked when Matt Stairs is fired at the end of the year. Again, another hitting coach fired? Fuck. You yeah. can ask me who the hitting coach was. I couldn't even tell yeah. you. Yeah, that's my point. They yeah. fire these guys every damn year. First base coaches and hitting coaches, they fire all yeah. the time. All, their, all these guys. Skip shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Yeah, he's right? your red-ass guy. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a guy who played yeah. at the bigs, sure. But, I mean, shit, this team, it was a terrible year. It was a terrible year. All right, I'm going to knock these out. They're not going to tell you the guy that irritates me more than anybody else right oh, now. Oh, yeah, I got a few of these. Do you guys. have a few of them? Good. Yeah. All right. First of all, Daniel Tyler was standing at Superior Fence Companies. Superior Fence Company doing a great job since 2005. Here's the number, 760 760- Seven four five four eight four six seven six zero seven four five four eight four six. It's easy to go to the website San Diego Superior Fence dot com. Strong in the North County, but all over San Diego County. Every job is an easy job, which basically should put your mind at ease. Daniel's your guy and San Diego Superior Fence Company again, doing business for thirteen years. Why would you go anywhere else? A plus rating with BBB, fully licensed, insured, and look free estimates. So what mm-hmm. else could you ask for? My only problem with him is he says he's probably going to go to a Notre Dame football game home <laughs> over an Alabama game as he's texting me for three hours last night. But, uh, again, great guy, great company, and we'll do the job right the first time. Yeah, such a great dude, and the work is so well done that it's hard to uh, hard not to look at those pictures and go, shit, I wish that was my house. Yeah. I, I love it, man. And it's funny. I was in North Park. I had to go to North Park on Friday night, and so I was over at – uh, by 30th in uni but i parked south of uni on north parkway and i walked by a couple of really cool little houses on north parkway that had the flimsiest little fence and i i was i do it all the time now and i go house is so great yeah looked really cool i was like is there a driveway is there a garage for storage right and then I go, uh, this fence sucks. <laughs> and I always am like, I would call Dan and go, look, I want this thing. I don't want some drunk yeah. coming out of, of one of the taverns being able to take a piss in my front yard. Now they're probably, And if they piss on my fence, I want it to swing up <laughs> and hit them right in the nuts. I want it to be, if it happens to a dog, the dog pisses yeah. on my fence, swing up and hit him right in the ribs. Keep moving. <laughs> Rusty. Um, so I find myself doing that a lot. When yeah. I walk around, you see different neighborhoods. I, I, As much as I look at the house, I look at the fence out front. And Dan Tyler has wrecked me. <laughs> He's already wrecked me. And what I should be doing is walking around with business cards and just yeah. writing it down. Hey, looked at your fence. It's horse shit. Call me tomorrow, <laughs> DT. But on North Parkway, yes. there's about That's go down hilarious. North Parkway. Yeah, there's about four really cool houses. Horse shit fence. 
They should be calling San Diego Superior fans. Oh, that's funny as hell. All right, Brian Curry again. Brian Curry, when you buy that house and you're going to put that fence outside of it, yep. he's going to find you the right home, the right neighborhood. Again, 20 years in the business. He's the one winning all the awards in real estate. Again, everybody has that friend that has a real estate license. Sure they do. Yeah. None of these guys are making a living at it. None no. of these guys are any good at it. Brian Curry was making a living at it because he's good at what he does. And here's what you know about Brian Curry's. It's all about word of mouth in his business. You think word of mouth goes around that you can say in business 20 years if he wasn't great do at what you? he did? Do you? <laughs> do you? Brian is also your guy for property management. If you need someone to manage your property, give Brian Curry a call. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. One five eight eight. We were in Carlsbad last night. We're at one oh one, right by the power station, right there up in Carlsbad, the yeah. north end, kind of coming into the village. And my sons and I were there late, and we're driving, and you're looking at those houses on one oh one, and they're unbelievable, man. They're all glass, yeah. and they overlook the ocean. You go, shit, that's fantastic. We'll never live there, <laughs> but that's fantastic. <laughs> And you go, holy cow! Like if you live it, if you've lived a life that allows you to call that place home, yes, <laughs> good on you, man, good on you. But uh, I love it, David. It's so fun for me. And like I said, the court shit drags out. Whatever, everybody's fine. Everybody's all right. We'll get to it. But when we get to it, um, I just got. Um, I've had too many, so many cool things have come to me recently. I'm looking forward to getting into it. And one of the things I got, I just got a 16 by 20 uh, hard sign Mike Tyson picture. Cool. Came framed the whole deal. And I'm like, you know, when you're married, right? I can't go and tell Sasha Fu, hey, I want to put my yeah, Mike Tyson exactly. picture up. She's not going for that. No, but when she's just a guest, she's like, hey, I like it. you goddamn right you do. It's the <laughs> champ. And so... Yeah, all of a sudden you start going, God damn, am I going a one or a two? Yes. I had so many cool goddamn things for my sons that I got to hang in that, uh, yeah, we're going to get yeah. it covered in the whole deal. So, yeah, when it's that time, Brian Curry will be our guy. We'll be ready to go. Oh, that's great. Also, don't forget about Alan Taylor, Taylor made pools. Look, you're going to want that pool. September, to me, has always been the hottest month in San Diego the last five years. You're going to think, man, I wish I had my own pool. Alan Taylor can make it happen. Taylor made pools 20 years in San Diego. He's the right guy. He does it all. The saltwater technology is amazing. Jeff and I always talk about those infinity pools. If we were able to, to get one in, that's exactly the line we would go with because all the hot chicks always buy the infinity pools. Taylor Made Pools. You can find Alan Taylor on Twitter at T Made Pools. Also, look him up on Yelp, BBB. Fantastic ratings, 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. I appreciate JoJo from the Padres reaching out saying, hey, my family's going to talk to TaylorMade Pools. I said, you'll find nobody better. Exactly. Dave, you said that saltwater technology, and it's one of the things I wasn't going to get into, but I, I guess I can mention it now. Uh, one of the things that I've really gotten into recently is, you know, helping the animals. And one of the yeah. things I'm going to do is I'm going to bring one of those saltwater pools in and I'm going to save the dolphins. So <laughs> what Alan and I have talked about is I will have a saltwater pool with 14 dolphins and I'm going to the raise best. them all. Yeah, it's going to be Name them great. all Minka. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to name them all after former Charger horseshit head coaches. There's Norv and there's Dan. There's Kevin. They're all there. There's June. And, uh, oh, that's too funny. Yeah, it'll be uh, Mike will be there, of course. Yeah. Uh, there'll be two Mikes, unfortunately. 
And uh, yeah, we're going to save the dolphins, and and Alan and I are committed to that. What what do we need saltwater technology for? You know what? It's it, it's the way to go. They say it's better for your skin. They also say it's easier to keep clean. The whole deal. My niece just did it up in Carlsbad. And it's yeah. freaking great. Is it really? That's yeah, great. Yeah, it's it's better the way, than the chlorine. Yeah, by far. Really? It's, it's the way to go. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's uh that that's the way I'd go. Um, okay, here you go. Here's here's the guy that's driving me crazy, and I guarantee okay. he doesn't try drive you nuts. But my son and I said the same thing looking at it. It's Shohei Otani's interpreter. Why? What's He's always problem? in a bad fucking mood. Look at this guy. He has the biggest who just shit in my cereal look all the time. All right. Come the fuck to- down. You got a great job. You're, yeah. you're sitting and going to baseball games every damn day. The guy you interpret it for hardly plays. Yeah. And you're always in a fucking bad mood. Why don't you change the expression on your fucking face? Yeah, we'll get fucking yeah. Genga time in here. <laughs> I just want to punch you in the Who face. Who is that guy? Who the I have fu- no idea. Who's, Who's the guy I'm thinking of? Genga time. Genga time. Who's that fucker? The singer, Sai? Yeah, Sai. We'll get Sai in here, I you think fuck. he's Korean, but okay. <laughs> Gangnam time. Yes. Yeah, we'll get a him in time ago. <laughs> Yeah, the guys always look at him. Now that I said it, every time you see this guy on TV, you're like, what the fuck? Sai was your... never in a bad mood. No, Sai was not in a bad mood. Where the mood. fuck's Tom Wu? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That guy was never in a bad mood. Tom Wu, do you like Pretty Girl? Yeah, I like all Pretty Girl, Tom. Shit. You got your own tennis court. <laughs> And you have a nice teal uh, dolphin shirt or uh, polo shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you like beautiful house? Goddamn right I do, Tom. <laughs> Preaching to me, baby. Tell me how you do it with your real estate thoughts. Goddamn, yeah, Tom Woo's looking for something. Do we'll bring him in. You fucking guy. Oh, Tommy yeah. pitching tonight. I'm looking forward to that. Um, You're going to uh, see that guy then. He's going to be pissed. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, I almost had to fight my son Jack today. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you take him? Uh, I told him, uh, we went to breakfast, and I told him, I said, I'm going to smash your little face in. And here's why. Because he is a diehard basketball fan, yeah. which is great. He's very invested in the in baseball right now. We went to dinner last night. We're up in Carlsbad. And I found him. The Padre game was on one channel. The Dodger game was on the other channel. And I was watching this little... <laughs> Looking fu- at his eyes. Watching him, and he was paying attention to that Dodger game. I said, hey, what are you doing? Hey, who's your favorite team right now? Well, he said he likes the Angels. Okay. He said the Angels may be his favorite team because he does. He loves Otani, and he loves Mike Trout. Yeah, it's not bad. But I said, all right. He goes, but he said, I'm not really a Dodger fan, but I like Kershaw, Seager, Bellinger, and he reeled off about wow. four other guys. And I just stared at him, right? Yes. So as I put on Twitter today, well, on Facebook, I said, this must have been how Lynette Squeaky Fromm's parents felt when they found out her daughter was a member of the Manson family. <laughs> on, on Twitter, I didn't want to freak people out, mainly people I work with. So I said, well, now I know how Benedict Arnold's dad must have felt. And my friend Pete in Point Loma wrote a great note. He said, yeah. you know, my daughter told me at a very young age that she was a Denver Bronco fan. He said our relationship never recovered. <laughs> and he said, now, today, when she's bugging me for college yeah. tuition, I said, bullshit, call Carl Mecklenburg. Oh, that's hilarious. That's what my man Pete in Point Loma that's said. It. I said, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Bullshit. So, uh, but I love the fact he's watching my my goddamn cable bill. 
is going to be about ten thousand dollars because he's completely into the NBA and he's completely into Major League That's Baseball, cool. which is awesome. That They're is both awesome. Watching it, um, a lot of people have asked regarding the Dave and Jeff shirts from the event. Yes, um, because I put a thing on social media. The shirts that we have are pretty much accounted for because they were people that had purchased them and were not able to make it to the event. I, I will only speak for myself, but I would imagine Dave would agree. Afterwards, I had to do a secondary order for people that could not make it. We thought there would be shirts left, and we sold out. And I had people who had said, hey, I want a shirt, I want a shirt. And I put together a quick order and ordered it. And I never in thought, hey, I should get some bonus stuff yeah. for all of you. I love... The shirt showing up in Milan, Italy, cool. and Maggie doing it, and everything else. I am very sorry. I got to hit Dave up for two extra larges today that I'm overdue to people. and But the ones that I have, they're accounted for, and they're gone. Um, we have Kyle is in here today, so we're going to wrap this up um, and, and get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow on Monday. but we are, No, tomorrow is Monday. Or tomorrow, yeah. You said tomorrow and Monday. Oh, I meant to say tomorrow on Monday. Okay. But we'll be back tomorrow. But for right now, I'm sorry. The shirts, Dave, I don't know about you, but mine are pretty- I'm all out of double X's. But so you have- I have some extras, except don't have double X's. I don't need those. Okay. I need. I think I need I have three. That, I have some XL's for you. Okay, good. So I need those, and then I, I should be fine. But um, I also say this. I really don't want to do- I kind of feel like, and Dave, you tell me what you think. Um, the shirts that we have that have the logo on it, that yeah. one, Established 98, that was really for all of you that were able to make it down. By the way, what a great feeling the other day to go to the bank and grab out $1,600 cashier's checks. We paid out over 13000 We came in just under 14000 and we paid out over 13000 uh, which means the expenses for the night for everything we kept under a thousand bucks to to yeah. do everything, um, but we're gonna give sixteen hundred bucks this week to Bob McElroy uh, from the Alpha Project. That will mean twenty six hundred for them. Another sixteen hundred to Rancho Coastal Humane Society. That'll be twenty six hundred for them. Another sixteen hundred to the Ronald McDonald House. That'll be twenty six hundred for them. 1600 will go each to AFSP and to Yellow Ribbon. Uh, that'll bring their total to 2100 Charity Water, nice people. They just didn't get involved, and I felt like I'd rather do San Diego-based charities, but I'm still sending them 1000 bucks. It pays us out at over $13,000. Thank you to everyone who helped out for that. Um, but I feel like if you were a part of that, uh, that shirt's kind of for you. And we're going to come up with something new for everybody else who wants to support it. But that's just kind of how I feel. I feel like if you were at the party and you were there that night, or if you had supported it and scheduled in allow you, um, I kind of want you to be in. And But if others are like, hey, I kind of like an idea of a Dave and Jeff shirt, we'll do something else. And then maybe the rest of you want one as well. On my Twitter page, I've got a link for an AFSP walk, which is coming up for suicide prevention. Yeah. And that is coming up. We have a team. It says a donation page up there. The goal, it says $2,100. Larry Thomas and Petra already kicked in. I should have been more clear in letting you know that $2,100 is the money that we've already raised from the event. That was just it. So money's already in, and we're good to go. 
If you want to make a further donation to AFSP, nobody's going to talk you out of it, but don't feel like you're committed. Uh, you have to do it in order to be part of the walk. We would love you to be there. Again, it's October 27th uh, down at Liberty Station. Just going to be a fun walk for our friends Che Hernandez and Suicide Prevention. But there is no commitment. You don't have to make 5 or 10 or 20. You don't have to do anything. You've already done that. So we've already paid the amount of money, and Che will have all that money in hand this week. But if you want to make a further contribution uh, for suicide prevention as we see more and more people tragically uh, passing away from suicide, please do it. And on a side, I, I want to wrap this way, Dave, and it'll be the final thing for me. Yesterday, I lost somebody very, very close to me. When I moved here as a kid, 15, I met a girl named Laura Daly who I loved, and I was just crazy about her. And I met her family, and her family, ironically, was from Minneapolis. I grew up in a town called Richfield. They were from a town called Edina. It was the rich part. It was kind of like what Torrey Pines is to San Diego. But the mother, Mary Jo, treated me like I was her son for ever, more than 30 years. No matter what I was doing in my life, she was always there for me. She was always there as a source of support and laughter. I stayed with them in Minneapolis. I stayed with them here. She loved Dave. She loved this show. She loved my kids. And every time I talked to her, she had a laugh and a word of encouragement. She was a smoker. And sadly, lung cancer got the best wow. of her, and she passed away yesterday. But I am so thankful to her husband, Jerry. They were together for more than 23 years, and her stepdaughter, Tracy, because this week on Wednesday, I sent them a message and said she was slowing down. And uh, and I said, hey, just tell her I'm thinking about her. And they called me and they said, do you want to say goodbye? And I said, yes. And she was coherent. She understood it was me. And it was a very brief opportunity for me to tell somebody who has been such an incredible impact on my life how much I loved her, how yeah. thankful I was for her in my life. The bottom line being, do it. Pick up the phone and call your mom and call your dad today. Yeah. Because while she wasn't my blood mom, she didn't think that. And she loved my mom, too. My mom loved her. Let's be honest. She treated you better than your mom. She did. Much better. Much better. And here's my favorite Mary Jo story. Mary Jo was fucking hot. Mary Jo, Mary jo was hot. And Mary Jo knows that I thought she was hot because I told her and I told her daughter all the time that she was hot. So when I was dating her daughter, we were like 17. Yeah. And her mom was so fucking funny. So we showed up back at the house in La Costa, but we showed up like an hour early. And Mary Jo and whoever she, her husband at the time, she'd been married, I think, three times. They were not expecting us back for like an hour and a half. So we're like 17 and we show up and Mary Jo and this guy are having a glass of champagne in front of the fireplace. And Mary Jo has a black nightie on. Okay. So I'm like, God damn. Now, I will say <laughs> this is why Mary Jo was the coolest woman on the planet. Instead of just she laughed hysterically. Yeah. And she said to me consistently for the next 25 years, hey, I got the black nighty. What are you up to? <laughs> and her husband, Jerry, thought it was hysterical. Her daughter, Laura, thought it was hysterical. Uh, any woman who's like, that's, that's great. Is that funny? But she just, Dave, she was the parent we all strive yeah. to be. And uh, her, her son, Rick, 
was a Viking fan, and he he's the guy we told you last December. Didn't feel well. Was kind of having some heart issues and, and went in, and they cleared him. They had him do the EKG, the whole thing, and they cleared him. And Saturday morning, uh, his wife woke up and Rick had passed away overnight wow. from a heart attack. Just days after, left behind two beautiful daughters who are not right around the same age of my son, Jack and Kate. Rick is a diehard Viking fan. And what I said to everybody yesterday was, if she was to go, I felt like yesterday was a good day because I guarantee you Rick is in heaven losing his shit that Khalil Mack just came to the Bears. (laughs) And I guarantee you his mom is laughing as he's losing his shit. So I miss Rick very much. But, I again, just if you are a parent, pick up the phone and call your son or daughter. But more importantly, if you're a son or daughter, pick up the phone and call your mom. Because I was very, very lucky on Wednesday and got to tell Mary Jo that I loved her very much and I will never forget her. And I would never deserve to have somebody treat me as well as she treated me. Uh, We hope she rests in peace and Godspeed to her family. Fantastic. All right. We'll be back tomorrow.
I'm in love. 